0: What movie did we just watch, Amy?
1: <laughs> we just watched the first part of War and Peace from 1966 and 67.
0: Yeah, <laughs> from the Soviet Union,
1: the great—not um, masterpiece, but it's an important part of like Soviet. I mean, it's an think, important Soviet it's, filmmaking. Yeah.
0: Like, I, I think masterpiece is not an un- incorrect term, necessarily. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's,
1: it's a
0: complicated Russian novel. Everyone's got nine different names.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so now I will be pre- prepared for Natasha, Pierre, and Pierre in the Great Comet of 1812. Except yeah. it's not on Broadway anymore. It's not. But,
0: it closed, because um, nobody went to go see it.
1: But I hear it was really good. Oh, I... It... Like I, I compared
0: your... to Dear Evan Hansen, which I have experienced both of those musicals in the same way, which is yeah. listening to their soundtracks and reading synopses on the internet. Yeah, uh, it is way better than Dear Evan Hansen oh. was, which it beat or lost to in the Tonys. No. Um, and I also have have in the last like two weeks become addicted to Dave Malloy's. Um, other musical or one of his other musicals he's got four or five now called octet yeah um
1: that's about the internet it is
0: it's about the internet and like that whole thing is just stuck in my head all the time like i love that show and i've only heard the cast album
1: well that's what you do when you don't live in new york and can't see although secret they're usually completely bootlegged Oh, yes,
0: you can find lots of, of them shows, on YouTube or elsewhere.
1: Which normally I don't ever encourage any bootleg. Yeah. But it's it's real.
0: Broadway bootlegs are in such an interesting, weird place. Because it is basically... It's art that is inaccessible to anyone that isn't like independently wealthy yeah. enough to get to New York and pay for a ticket...
1: Um, or you live there and you're constantly like doing the lotteries, yeah. But that's that's awesome. the other option.
0: Although living in New York certainly ain't cheap. Uh,
1: no, no, and even if you live in New York, you can't afford to see them, yeah, all the time. Anyways, um, we're piece. just avoiding <laughs> talking about the Great Russian Novel. I have no context for War and Peace. I've never seen an adaptation am, of it. I am in the same boat. Yeah, uh, I've never read any of it. Um, so I just looked at the. Plot synopsis of part one, the yeah. film we wa- just watched, which is two and a half hours long. Uh-huh. Uh, and I got it.
0: You got it. I got un- the main point. You un- did you understand it while you were watching it?
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs> I did. But I was going to say, I only know like two or three characters' names. Yeah. Um, I'm in the same boat. <laughs> so there's Andre E. Wait.
0: I, 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 it's, I, I'm pronouncing it Andre because that's how they say it in Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812. Okay. Um,
1: there are always like extra little tiny syllables in yes. Russian that yeah, it's guitar- a
0: complicated language um, so for us Americans.
1: Andre Bolkonsky, yes, he is like a prince. I, yeah. I don't quite know how the royalty structure. Works I don't either. In, I, n- I have um, no
0: I have so little context for 18th, any of this. 19th
1: century which Russia. is fascinating.
0: Yeah, he is. He is. He's Prince Bolkonsky is how what they refer to him as.
1: Yeah, he is a prince. His father is a prince, but has been exiled to the country. Mm-hmm. Um, Bless he's you. father Bolkonsky.
0: Yes, dad. Um.
1: There's
0: so Pierre. Pierre. Uh, who has a last name? Maybe. Besk. Bezukov. 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 Yeah, like Bazooka Gum. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, Pierre Bezukov. Be- Pierre, who is the son, the the bastard son mm-hmm. of an important person, yeah, of a count, of a count.
1: And he is just being introduced to high society. Yeah. Um. He's kind of. I kind of knew the character of Pierre as he's. Often, like, supposed to be overweight and mm-hmm. glasses, and he's kind of a coward, yeah, character, yeah, those um, are all accurate because I know Josh Groban had like a fat suit, yeah, on. which I have, I have, I mean, real we, mixed we, feelings. We can about. get into a discussion of <laughs> fat suits Although, actors. And- um,
0: fun Broadway fact about that is, um, for the show Hairspray, the Broadway show Hairspray, mm-hmm. um. They often um, would cast fat actors in the role of um, the mother character whose name escapes me right now, but originally played by Divine right, uh, in the film. And then
1: John Travolta, John Travolta Harvey Firestein. Film. Yeah,
0: Harvey um, did it. George Wendt played it for a while on mm. Broadway. Um, and George Went was the one I wanted to talk about because I read an interview with him, or a song interview with him, where he started as... I mean, he's a fat man, and he Mm -hmm. played it just, you know, in a dress and in drag. Mm -hmm. Um, And because it has so much dancing and activity, he lost lost a ton of weight and had to put on a fat suit during his run. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which is interesting. It is
1: interesting.
0: But yes, Andre, not Andre, Pierre is is typically, yes, overweight. (laughs) Everyone (laughs) made fun of his glasses.
1: Yeah. Um, And cowardly. I was trying to think. He is the Finn of Star Wars. Of War and Peace.
0: <laughs> Whoa. That's a connection you're not getting. <laughs> yeah?
1: Yeah.
0: He's the yeah. Finn of Star Wars. But War I had and to Peace. think about it
1: really carefully. Because he is, is, is for Poe. is po for Poe Poe is the pilot. <laughs> um, okay.
0: Yeah. So. so yeah. And they, and they were really the, the, the closest the true... thing to protagonists yeah. in this film. So it
1: follows their... Two trajectories. There's a war going on. The Russia is joining Austria to fight Napoleon. Napoleon. Um, Andre wants to go fight. He Wants mm-hmm. to be a hero. He wants Pierre, glory. Yeah, Pierre wants not to. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Pierre wants to go party. Um, he wants yeah. to get get drunk and go to a party.
1: Yeah, and have fun and, and have fun and not die and um, yeah. not not. Um,
0: um, yeah, I, I will say like for an a giant epic war movie which this was for half of the time mm-hmm. real philosophical the other half of the time yeah. um which i guess is true of war and peace the novel also right. um having not read it but it, it it did a good job of evoking what i thought the book war and peace would have felt like
1: <laughs> <laughs> got to go back to that source material yeah. and read It's some time. It's it's a big book. (laughs) It's a big big Russian novel. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's the that's the basic Mm -hmm. plot of this part one. Part one. Yeah. Um. Andre has his chance to be a hero and is presumed dead on the battlefield, Mm -hmm. um, but does come back. He's not actually dead. He's Um, fine. That kind of got lost
0: over a little bit.
1: Yeah, he's just back. Yeah, uh, we he's don't know what his, what how that happened. Yeah, um, he's coming back to. I mean, he to cut some things, right? His <laughs> father. I don't know. Maybe it's not in the novel. Yeah, and he just shows up. He comes back to his father, where he has left his pregnant wife, mm-hmm. and there's, he comes back just to see his wife die in childbirth. Um,
0: and then he's real miserable, and rightfully then he so. Is
1: real miserable. Um. A lot of nihilism yeah. happening. And Pierre ends up inheriting, I think, his yeah, father's, his father's wealth. wealth and title. Because his father dies. Mm-hmm. And marries Elaine. Yes. And, and
0: she, like the only thing we ever get about Elaine is she has an affair.
1: With Dolokhov. <laughs> with Dolikov. Um, And then Pierre has a duel. Mm-hmm. Was a never good idea. Never a good idea. <laughs> that was that, I oh. enjoyed
0: the duel scene, knowing that like it was a bad idea. Don't have a duel. Um, but I think it. I feel like duels can be really boring.
1: Yes, there was a lot of like
0: there was a lot
1: internal dialoguing happening,
0: happening in that duel um, that made it compelling to watch.
1: <laughs> I will say. Um, all right, so that's, that's a basic plot yeah. of so far Rough where we are. Of, we don't uh, know what's going to happen yeah. next because we don't have any context. Yeah. We've not
0: even met Natasha yet, although I think yeah, she was in know briefly. No, was she, she a girl was, in
1: the yellow? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so she's like a young, she looks like a teenager. Yeah. A young woman. Mm-hmm. With a daughter of...
0: Yeah, well, and, and um, I mean, again, this start, this started in 1805, and we know at least it gets to 1812. Yeah. So we're covering a lot of time as well.
1: Yes, yes. Uh. Um, Okay, so that's basically clock yeah. Now about the film. Yeah! film of... I, th- uh, so, this was a hard film to follow as a foreign film. Mm-hmm. Like, um, normally you have to do a little bit of work with anything that's in a different language. Yes. Um, reading the subtitles. But th- I feel like this one was made extra hard because, one, in the beginning, there's a lot of French going on at yeah. the party, which I understand because French was, um... Spoken. Mm-hmm. It was one of the royal like languages to speak, but they didn't translate that.
0: Well, they sort of did.
1: There is a narrator who, who comes would translate in.
0: Translate some of the French. Yeah.
1: And you have to tell, since everybody's talking, you have to figure out who is the translator or who is the
0: narrator. Who is the narrator translating for?
1: Yeah. 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 And when is it the narrator? You kind of get a signal because the narrator's uh, words are italicized in yes. the subtitles. But it's hard to tell because it's an old film and yeah. it's it's hard <laughs> to see. Um, and then another thing that they do a lot is they internalize the the like internal monologue for characters so you'll watch the character's mouth is not moving but they're They're speaking yeah and so that's also signaled in the italics that they are yes and that was that was a little hard and some
0: extra work yes
1: a a lot of words to read i felt like i had just spent (laughs) some time reading it's
0: a dialogue heavy film
1: Uh (laughs) uh-huh
0: Yeah, no, I get that. That's that's fair. I, I struggled a little bit at the beginning of kind of going like, okay, who are who is everybody? Who are we dealing with? And it was it was yeah, particularly that party scene. It was tipi- t- difficult to know who we were supposed to be paying attention.
1: to. Yeah, who is who? Who
0: is who? Who am I following? at first, yeah. and sort of where are we going from there.
1: And so it made me wonder, I'm not saying that these are bad things, this is just my experience. No. Of, it was a little hard. Um, and how much it was, you know, this is a huge propaganda film, I feel like, for the Soviet Union. An accomplishment. Like yeah. a propaganda accomplishment. Like, yes,
0: they poured as much money as they possibly could into it.
1: And if yeah, it that...
0: Cost, uh, roughly... It cost roughly nine million dollars in nineteen sixty-seven. Yeah, U.S. Yeah, so lots of money.
1: I feel like all the arts done in the Soviet Union were mm-hmm. propaganda, but the same can be said of the U.S. at the time.
0: Yes, um, yeah Well, and it's, yeah, it, there's a, there's a fascinating thing with just the the like the Cold War in general, and you know, any time that art is being paid for by the government, there is a propagandistic element to it in that time period. Yeah. Um,
1: well, so I wondered if not directly translating the French that was spoken instead of having the narrator kind of explain what was being said, if that was part of a, like, pro-Russian... It's an interesting thought. Um, we're not going to stoop to translating French. <laughs> we're going to say it all in you Russian. You either speak French
0: or we're telling you in Russian. Yeah,
1: yeah we're going to tell you in the Russian.
0: Yeah, that is an interesting thought. Because um, I've seen films with i mean newer films like in the last 5 years that had multiple languages being spoken on screen that were not english and they had to be like you have to be careful in how you translate those in the subtitles to indicate that it's a different language being spoken mm-hmm. because it's very important what language someone is speaking
1: often yeah, yeah.
0: Um, there's a film i haven't actually watched the whole thing called the handmaiden
1: the which, korean the film the korean
0: film which i'd really like to see Where they speak Korean and Japanese, and what language someone is speaking at a certain point is very important, because it's about a lot of the tensions between Korea Mm -hmm. and Japan, and people lying to each other. There's literally a title card at the beginning. It's like, Japanese subtitles are in yellow. Korean Mm. subtitles are in white. (laughs) That's how they dealt with it. Um,
1: That's interesting. Yeah. I feel like, well, I feel like I could tell the difference between Korean and Japanese. And I can tell the difference between Russian and French. Sure. But not everyone has that. <laughs> no, not everyone has here. that capability.
0: And even then, sometimes when you're reading subtitles, the, the dialogue can fade out a little right.
1: bit. And you can't always see who's speaking. Yeah. Um, so, it can be hard. Yeah, so that was one thing that I wondered... In the beginning. it's a good thought, um, yeah. Well, I was watching, I was like, I was thinking about how, how is the Soviet propaganda? Yeah. Um, and, and it would be really interesting to watch some other adaptations, like the BBC mm-hmm. version, to see how the story changes. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, I, I told Amy we're going to switch to just be a War and Peace adaptation podcast. That's all we're yeah. going to talk about from yeah. now on.
1: Awesome. <laughs> some <laughs> very light, <laughs> light watching and listening material. Yeah. It's
0: like um, fun. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, no, it was, I mean, it's definitely a piece of, of, it was propagandistically made. It was made to show off what can be done. Yes. What can Russia accomplish? It's yes. not necessarily, I mean, it's propagandistic in as much as war and peace is like how, about how cool Russia is and mm-hmm. is like held up as a, as a staple of that. It's not, it's not propagandistic in the way that I think people expect propaganda to be.
1: Oh yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um, I don't know the context of War and Peace. I actually don't I, know. Yeah, I know very when, when it's written. It. I know it's Tolstoy. It was
0: written in the late eighteen hundreds, and it takes place in the early eighteen hundreds. And this was filmed in nineteen sixty-five. Is when it started. So
1: yeah, well, in the late nineteenth century, Tolstoy. Mm-hmm. was about to go into several revolutions yeah. in France. Uh, France. Russia. I mean, they're probably about to
0: go into several revolutions in France at the same time. Because I think Russia. this is, like, roughly contemporaneous with some of the stuff in Les Miserables. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it is. Common misconception that Les Mis takes place in the, the French the, Revolution. The first French Revolution. But, nope. <laughs> A little bit later. Different. Different. A little bit later. Revolution. Um, yeah. So, that's something I noticed. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: Yeah, I noticed that there was a bear at that party. <laughs> there was a bear. <laughs> Which, again, is one of those things that, without a lot of context, I'm like, is this is this a 1960s bear? Is this a, is this a bear from the actual, like, not, I mean, it was in the 1960s, but, like, I don't know the history of the bear as a sort of symbol of Russian power, and, like, how far back does that go? Um, oh,
1: I thought it was just... Rich people being stupid. Well, it was like also the rest that. of that party.
0: <laughs> it hey, was we're, also rich people. We've got a bear. Stupid. We're just
1: going to bring a bear and, and feed it a champagne and see what happens. Um, and
0: bust out a window and have a guy. Right, because yeah. this is
1: going to kind of be a critique, I feel like, of the aristocracy. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. But then I was thinking about it and. The fascination we have, even post-revolutions with aristocracy, mm-hmm. so it doesn't mean, like, we just finished this massive Game of Thrones. Yeah. Like, we are fascinated by... Yeah,
0: well, there's the royalty, crown. The crown,
1: <laughs> even though we live in a democratic society, so... Yeah. Once they go, Soviets. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah, and so we, we really see very little of the underclass. There's a couple of times, like, in the b- before some of the battles in the, like, Austrian towns they were visiting.
1: Well, some of it stood out to me of, like, um, the lack of the upstairs-downstairs, um, because there was, like, this army of servants that would come out. Yes! Like, when, the, um, when Pierre's father was dying, like, yeah. this army of servants came out of all their little servant entryways mm-hmm. um, to be there when you know he was on his his deathbed yeah um there are a couple of shots of them like watching at some of the big parties mm-hmm.
0: and this um I, uh, I remember one of the dinner party scenes where like everybody comes in to sit down and like each person gets a servant that comes and brings yeah their they their all food. have their
1: footmen um yeah. so that in in um, andre's father's house the number of footmen and then i guess like somebody like the butler when yeah. he comes in and the father says go ask
0: yeah. how the labor is I like going that and go the tell father's her like I've yeah asked how the labor is going and he
1: gets halfway up the stairs and the midwife comes out and says tell him that labor has begun and yeah. you know you know no the they the servants are background characters they're yes. not
0: Important. Yeah, you don't get the as you said the upstairs downstairs of it where you see both going on.
1: You see some of the like intry, infantry infantrymen mm-hmm. like singing and talking, and there's a sense that they're they're lower class. Mm-hmm. Um, and Then the way the battle films battle scenes are filmed, they're like let's <laughs> they're first on the line. Like yeah, it's, the class divisions of officers and the and the, the infantry kind of, or are the. Very, yeah very clear i
0: really enjoyed watching those battle scenes
1: yeah it was like cast of thousands yeah bigger i was joking we took a little break <laughs> last night and i was like they were just like hey russian citizens cool you're, you're all, all gonna be now. <laughs> you're all gonna be in these battle scenes yeah. a lot of them were filmed from the air which would be a lot harder yeah in 1966 yeah um, there's no CGI. No CGI. So.
0: Some amazing, like, um, like choreography, like battle choreography, yeah. but also like cinematography, like the camera moving through, like like long takes of seeing yeah. different parts of the so action happening. All going right. Um, oh man. man! Like you can see the money there. Um, yeah. yeah. Um,
1: all live horses. I was all stupid. live horses. Clearly, the Humane Society was not fair.
0: So. so This movie is banned in the UK because of what happens to the horses.
1: Yeah, I was just, like, cringing every time. They they
0: will not allow it to be for sale there because of, like, I don't know if the ones we saw were specifically one, but there's apparently a scene of a horse, like, getting seriously injured, and, like, it's... I don't know if it's real or not. It's probably real. I'm
1: guessing it's real. Yeah. I mean, they were having horses like, flip over. and flip, and, and you it did
0: not look good.
1: <laughs> you cannot fake that during that time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, those
1: were real horses. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, and so you I feel that, bad for those horses. <laughs> uh,
1: I mean, I felt bad for the bear. When the bear came out at the party, I was like, yeah. okay, there's no American Humane Society <laughs> watching <laughs> nope. over all these animals. Nope. They're and,
0: and to be fair, the American Humane Society struggles to do anything effectively and when they're doing it as well. There's history of that. Yeah. Um, because it's all voluntary. So if the Humane Society doesn't sign off on it, they lose access. So it's kind of this, like, how much control do they really have. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah,
1: so but real horses. Real horses. Battled. And then, you know, one of the things that stood out to me that I I don't know all the military terms I'm gonna call them the cavalry yeah
0: the people on horses on horses
1: (laughs) and they all go into battle and they all get knocked off their horses and then there's just like huge herds of
0: just horses
1: horses with saddles just like (laughs) running running.
0: (laughs) yeah just just some impressive scale Mm -hmm. of and like looking over the mountain and like seeing an entire army of 10 20 30,000 people (laughs) Um
1: Felicity's, <laughs> Felicity's attacking the hands she's getting yeah. into the the story. Um,
0: but yeah, just just impressive.
1: Ouch! Oh
0: <laughs> She got you good there. <laughs>
1: Oh you no, know, it's not it's not hurt. I'm having some pelvic pain yeah. and it's coming
0: Well, then they can't hit it then at, it at the same time. I was <laughs> dealing
1: with that and she just Come here, buddy. We're gonna we're gonna put you on the floor right now. With her claws.
0: Oh, it's a bad combo. Yep. Yeah. Um uh, speaking of interesting shots, I noticed there was a lot of POV shots, which I wasn't expecting for something mm. like this. Mm-hmm. um but lots of shots from the point of view of various characters either you know on the battlefield like and you can almost always tell it because they were like blinking and there was like water coming over the lens mm-hmm. as sort of a thing oh
1: the blurry yeah the blurry that's right yeah so you can tell in they're sick uh like the count on his deathbed mm-hmm. was kind of blurry he couldn't see yeah everyone um
0: also this was a i don't know how intentional this was but I noticed it with the count and then the um Andre's wife Lisa? Lisa? Lisa. Um both had green featured prominently around them when they were about to uh, die I didn't notice that. Um, so the count was like on a green bed and I couldn't tell if it was lighting or if it was the mm-hmm. the thing and then outside of Lisa's room was this very large green light fixture that was, was in what is relatively a muted color palette for this film. Like, those both stood out to me very strongly.
1: Yeah, I don't think that the, this is an amazing restoration for whatever reason. Like,
0: yeah, I, I, I'd be curious to pull up the it, notes on it. It may not it. be yeah.
1: possible to restore it to kind mm-hmm. of um, as well. I just think about the. Like the story of how they did the Philadelphia. This is a Criterion yeah. movie. How they did the Philadelphia story, and like how beautiful yes. that film is to mm-hmm. look at. Um, this one is very muted. It's still kind of got that nineteen sixties film feel.
0: Yeah, I think I think yeah. Some of it is probably just the film that was available and the the film stock. Yeah,
1: no. I if you don't. There's only so much you can do yeah. with what's available.
0: Yeah. Um, I was trying to see if... Because I think this one was... Cause, so some of the Criterion restorations, not all of them are done in-house. Yeah. Some of them are they outsourced to other places, and that can have an impact, Well, it too. looked like
1: this one was done in Russia. The yeah, restoration. The restoration,
0: which wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. like I could see yeah. that, again, being related. Um, still looks real good, Yeah, I think. Yeah. But um, yeah, you, you could tell it looked older. Yeah. Um, and there's all sorts of things you can do that. And I don't know anything about filmmaking, so I don't know no. what impacts any of that. <laughs> um, I liked, I wrote down a quote Are you satisfied with this evening? <laughs> Which I think was a quote that Pierre said to uh, Elaine.
1: Mm -hmm. oh when they were like courting (laughs) when they were like
0: courting and sort of just like sitting on that couch and her parents were very much trying to get them engaged
1: yeah real like uh not not a love story no happening happening there no
0: not a love story happening there not not a lot of uh excitement between either of them Yeah, what other thoughts do you have?
1: I think I think that was mostly okay. battle scenes. The language. Yeah. Um, proud of myself for mostly telling the characters apart. <laughs> and <laughs> well, the story. I got, got Andre
0: and Pierre pretty close. Like I knew, yeah. I knew who they were. I knew they were important, so I was following them. Yeah. There was the guy who ran the cannon battalion. He had sort of a subplot.
1: The Count uh, Tushkin. Tush,
0: tushin, tushin, Tushin. Yeah, he sort of had a story in the war portion, and then not much elsewhere. Um,
1: yeah, I got. I mean, it's more. It's more Tushin. Tushin. Um, it, um complicated, but the war story feels very much like war as hell. Yeah. <laughs> and no, I um, think I so think... much like other war novels or more mm-hmm. films like, like
0: hey maybe war is a bad idea War is
1: a bad idea and it's much easier to be an officer not not, not saying it's easier to be an officer but in these like in yeah i mean like <laughs> their generals who's a prince are not in danger they're less in danger yes. of being um,
0: trampled by being another army being killed so yeah i mean
1: some of the officers are are killed or injured or yeah things like yeah that. Not, but yes but the the class mm-hmm. distinction,
0: yeah, uh, yeah, I it was weird to me, like I've never actually seen Saving Private Ryan, but I you know like the the Normandy beach scene is always a very famous thing, like this felt very reminiscent of that same idea of like we're just gonna show how brutal this can be
1: mm-hmm. and pointless and to pointless for certain, and
0: like. Like, what was gained from it? And kind of the characters even kind of realize that at the end. Like, Pierre yeah. knows it early on. He's like, this is a dumb war. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go fight in this. And then by the end, Andre's like, yeah, that was kind of a dumb war.
1: Yeah. What was this about? Yeah. Um, it was also hard to tell the difference between uniforms for me. Mm -hmm. Like, the Russians were in green and the French were in blue. But sometimes the Russians were...
0: They had different hats.
1: They had different (laughs) hats. But it was hard for me to tell sometimes. We didn't Um,
0: see a lot of the French, like, other than in the big crowd shots. Right. We didn't get their perspective on things. I wrote, toast that is just yelling.
1: Oh, and the, (laughs) the... at the gentleman's club yeah and then they just threw their glasses down
0: they held up their glasses and just like yelled for 30 seconds like that's a cool toast (laughs) and then threw their glasses on the ground which was fun it's
1: a lot of a lot of glass to clean up a lot of glass to make
0: yeah it's an expensive shot Uh, an expensive movie uh yeah um there's a bear at that party yep oh i th- the uh, one other thing i wrote that i thought was really neat was the when andre is sad and he's looking out the window and he's listening to natasha and sonia talking towards the end of the film and then we get those shots in blue of like i don't know a helicopter or something like flying over the landscape at night
1: I don't think that was Natasha and Sonia. I think that was his sister Maria and Sonia.
0: Okay. It very well might have been those two. Yeah. I I thought it might have been Natasha and Sonia because they hang out a lot together in Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of Eighteen Twelve, which is my only point of
1: reference. Yeah, I you don't know, I think it was his sister.
0: Okay. Maria. I'm not sense.
1: even sure it was Sonia.
0: It, well, one um, of them said Sonia, okay. so that was, I was like, okay, Sonia's here.
1: Oh, no, 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 I remember. Okay, he was He was at the Rostovah's house. Yeah, That's right. No, it was, it was okay, Natasha. Was Natasha and, so. and Natasha was like, I just want to go out and fly. Yeah. Um,
0: and then we saw those flying shots hmm. over, like, the night landscape. And those were really cool looking. That's those all I have to say really about cool. that was, like, that just looks really cool. Good job. You made a cool thing.
1: (laughs) Well, and you see a lot of the landscape Mm and different seasons in Russia. And I just think of Russia as like a bleak winter place. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Those are my own, like, biases and cultural
0: reference points. Um, Yeah, beautiful landscapes. Yeah, beautiful
1: landscape. Um, Not so, I mean, there were winter shots. Mm -hmm. But I'm guessing it's kind of like winter in Scandinavia, too. Mm -hmm. Like, they're dark a lot and it snows a lot yeah I just I just think of it as very bleak
0: well I'm also I like I, I have no sense of geography so like I don't even know where Moscow and uh, St. Saint,
1: Saint Petersburg, Petersburg are places.
0: like I don't know where they are in the country or in relationship to each other like they they might be like Russia's a big place it's like if they're huge. not super far north like if they're more southern cities then they're gonna have the same seasons we have in Austin or mm. Dallas <laughs>
1: Or New Jersey? I don't know. I will have to get the map out yeah. and and better some
0: lines.
1: I mean, where is know, it's a past? huge, huge, it's a huge country. country. Oh, that was, uh, I don't know why that reminded me. I mean, the other thing um, scene that I thought was really interesting was the count on his deathbed mm-hmm. and all of the like Russian Orthodox
0: religious yes, ceremonies was really happening
1: neat. around it, and like yeah. just gorgeous costumes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, the priests the sets, the and the monks, sets or whatever, were fascinating um, and,
0: and elaborate and ornate. But yeah, yeah. The, the Russian Orthodox stuff was real neat to watch. Real impressive. I agree. What do you think, Felicity? Mm-hmm.
1: So we got three more parts. Three to more watch. parts. None of them as long as this. None of them as long. Um, I don't. It's me. Take a while because it's not exactly like <laughs> light. Um, it's a Easy. little work, yeah. It wasn't so bad, you know. I was thinking, you know, this isn't. This is this is like a 19th century soap opera, basically. Yeah. Like it's just different viewpoints mm-hmm. um, going through the stories of, of the different characters yeah. and and how their stories overlap with each other mm-hmm. and are affected by the other characters' actions, which makes it a slightly less scary endeavor yeah. to read the book or. Watch an adaptation. Of mm-hmm. it, I don't know Russian literature in my brain has like well, it's it's always um, held
0: up as like the difficult, hard, heavy, sad, depressing, yeah, like sort of stuff. But it's like, and it can be that, but it can be light and funny and kind of goofy.
1: And I <laughs> haven't seen what the light and funny and goofy. Well, I no, still don't understand how Jekov is a comedy. Well, like, that's fair.
0: But I think like the part where he's like, Are you enjoying your evening oh. was funny. Like I think it was meant to be funny. Yeah. It was like yeah. Awkward, it was a little then. goofy and yeah. yes. Um like no, it's still war and peace. It's but it's it's not as daunting as it, it's reputation leads it to be. Yeah. 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 So we'll just watch the next three tomorrow.
1: Yeah. It'll be a movie marathon. Yeah,
0: I mean we're we're more than not halfway through. We're more than twenty five percent through because yeah. it's four how many I'm do the math.
1: I mean it's nice too because they only so far they've only had one name that's being translated on the subtitles. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't have to keep track of the nine different. You're thirty three percent
0: of the way through. We've watched nine a third of One names.
1: Piece. Yeah.
0: yeah, I wish they would say each other's names more often. <laughs>
1: could hear the different
0: versions well yeah and just so if they walk in the room and they go oh my friend's Dolokhov." yes okay that's Dolokhov. i remember that's (laughs) Dolokhov.
1: yeah yeah
0: that That sort of reasoning that would be easier or do again what um great comet does and have introductions at the beginning of the play this is who this person is this is who this person is (laughs)
1: Well that's the nice thing about reading Russian plays yes. of which I really I only know Chekhov yeah. is you can look back at the character list. <laughs> like, okay, who out. is this? Okay. Who is this? Okay.
0: Yes, that is helpful.
1: <laughs> Any I other? I don't want everything else.
0: All I'm right. excited to see the next three. Like yeah, I'm, I'm see interested. How it... in, I'm interested to see what Natasha gets up to because we didn't get a lot of her in this one. No. Oh, this to be, to be fair, the subtitle of this one is Andrei Bolkonsky, so right. it's That's his it's story. story. And the next one is Natasha mm-hmm. Pestorova.
1: Rest- Rest-
0: and then the third part is the year 1812, and the last one is Pierre.
1: Bush. Oh. Bushnikov? Yeah, Bushnikov. It's a complicated Dolikov. Russian well, Cons- novel. No,
0: Bezukhov. Pierre. It Bezukov. doesn't matter. We'll
1: just call them by their first yes. names. <laughs> it's
0: a complicated Russian novel. Everyone's got nine different names. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, it was fun. Uh,
1: yeah.
0: Probably I won't guess. watch part two as like the next movie we watch. It takes it's
1: it's a little bit of work. <laughs> it's a little bit of work. It's not too bad. All
0: right. All right. Say goodnight, Amy.
1: Good night, Amy.